Shalom, Mishpocha. Shalom, family. Mishpocha is a Hebrew word. It means family, and we're the Mishpocha, the family with the Jewish heart, made up of Jewish and non-Jewish people with a middle wall of separation between Jew and Gentile. It's finally come down to form what Paul called one new man or one new humanity, because when this wall of separation comes down, it forms the full dwelling place of God by his spirit. And we're getting ready, Mishpacha, to blow the grandest shofar, or the grandest trumpet in Zion. We want everyone everywhere to hear the good news. We want everyone everywhere to be red hot for the Messiah. As you know, we search the world for people that have had revelations from heaven on how to operate in the supernatural. And for the last few years, I've been following Dr. Mel Donato, uh, and I've been wanting to have him as a guest, and we've just caught up with him in a hotel room in Dallas, Texas, uh, and he's speaking to us by way of telephone. Uh, And Dr. Mel Donato, I wanna whet the appetite of those that are listening right now, because you You walk in such a presence of God, of creative miracles. You've literally had women that have had their breasts removed surgically because of perhaps cancer, where the breasts have grown back. Tell me about one case. Um, I was minister in Mexico, and um, uh, God said to me, I want you to release my creative power tonight. Um. So I exactly did what he said to me. I stood up and I said, uh, the creative power of God will be released. So be ready. And I said, there's a woman that her your breast has been removed because of cancer. And I said, the Lord will, will grow that back. So I declare it and I said it. Well, the first day, second day, third day, we finished the conference, came back to the States and one of my pastors in Mexico called me on Monday, and he said, um, "Pastor, I just want to tell you that the woman you announced you, you you declared this from the pulpit, and this woman, um, you know, about the breast, and this woman uh, when she telling me when she went back to the room hotel room over in the the conference, she felt something was growing uh, growing when she was uh, taking off her bra." And she said, and suddenly she saw the whole brand new breast have grown back again. Uh, you know, if God can do that, there's no limit to what God is going to do. Can, can you picture, Dr. Maldonado, when the average Christian walks in that kind of power? Yes, Sid. And, and there has been a... a um, a way of thinking, I would say religious way of thinking, that we have created, especially in the church in America, that we think that only one special anointed man can do that. And um, and I believe in the 40s and 50s when we saw the revival and revivalists in America, they didn't have the revelation. We admire those generals, and, and we have learned a lot from those generals but we uh, never realized that they didn't have the revelation that what they had can, could be transferred. 
and I believe the Lord is raising men and women of God um, to go multicultural, not only one particular race, but go multicultural and train every believer to move in the supernatural. I believe, Sid, that we will see uh, one, any believer that walk into the hospital room and all the people in the hospital will be healed just with the presence of that believer. Uh, let me take you back 20 years ago, and you literally heard the audible voice of God. What did God tell you? Oh, well, you know, I was praying in my house, um, and um, I was a long period of time. I was fasting and praying. I was seeking God. I knew I was called into ministry, and uh, suddenly uh, my house, my room, uh, filled with the presence of God. I would say the Shekinah, the the cloud, the smoke, and I fell on the floor, and uh, I was I wept for two three hours, and suddenly I heard the audible voice of God in the room, and this is what He said. He said, "I have called you to bring my supernatural power to this generation," and and when when I got up. Uh, suddenly I heard the voice inside my spirit. First, I heard the voice, an audible voice in my room in the presence. And second, I heard it in my spirit. And after uh, one week later, one of my prophet friends of mine called me and then he said, uh, Pastor Maldonado, um, the Lord spoke to me. He didn't know anything. He said, the Lord spoke to me that the voice, audible voice that you heard in the uh, in the room was an angel of God proclaiming uh, in the spirit realm, your call to bring the supernatural. Uh, but then many years passed, and you didn't see much. Ha- I mean, you must have thought that was going to happen immediately. Yeah, that's what happened, Sid, because what what I saw, Sid, was that um, the Lord will give you taste of what your future will be in order for you to pursue. And I had in the beginning of the ministry, I traveled a lot to Argentina. As a matter of fact, I was part of the revival, Argentinian revival. I preached there. I was there. And and because of the revival, I saw a lot of miracles, signs, and wonders. But after many years, I didn't see anything. And I say, Lord, how come I'm called to bring the supernatural? And I don't see it. And I, and I pray for people, and, and nothing happened. Yeah, some people got healed, and little healings. And, and But I think, Sid, that it was, it was a process of God working with my heart, because uh, any person with the power of God, you have to know, you have to have revelation. What's the reason you have the power? It's not to promote yourself or ministry. It's to exalt Jesus. And number two is to... Um, the uh, and this is what I saw. I didn't have the structure. I didn't have the character. I didn't have. There's so many things. And, and, and you know, you you mentioned the uh, great men of God that had miracle ministries in the 40s and 50s that did not know how to equip others to do the same thing as themselves, and most of them fell because they didn't have the character. I think it was God's mercy that he waited so long for the character to develop in you so he could trust you with the power. I believe it. I believe it. And you know, uh, if you ask me, I never had a father in the supernatural. I I got a lot of friends and people that have shared some truth and revelation with me, 
but I never had it. And and I believe, as a matter of fact, um, I always saw people having manifestation, hearing that I have this every day and I have this. And with me, Sid, I have seen manifestation, but has been more um, into I have to begin it by faith. I have to start with faith. I ha- in other words, I have to, God had to take me into the route. That's what every assignment for every person is different. And um, I know the Bible says about the, the apostles, the apostles' signs and wonders and miracles. And, and, and there's, there's a reason, you, the question you just asked, the reason we don't have signs and wonders today is because one of the reasons, there's more reasons, but we don't have the supernatural in the church is because the apostles and prophets have been removed from the church. And they've been replaced with teachers and administrators. Yes. Can I tell you something? You Please. Jew, and you understand this, uh, you know the synagogue was repla- replaced. Um, in other words, the synagogue was not a place to, um, uh, to uh, like a church. It was a place of debate. It was a, a place of, of, of teaching. And, and that, you know, the teacher came and replaced. We have been satisfied with knowledge, and that is okay. I understand, and I love knowledge, and I, you know, but what happened is um, I think knowledge without experience, or let me put it this way, if what you know, you don't have experience in what you know, we become religious. That's exactly what happened with the Pharisees. They have a lot of knowledge as a matter of fact, they believe in miracles and signs and wonders, and, but they didn't have the experience of it. Theology, any theology with, without works is a dead theology. You know, I am so excited because God has definitely anointed you and equipped you to teach everyone to move in the supernatural. You have the largest Hispanic church in the United States. Uh, Actually, let me do a correction there. Uh, Sid is not a Spanish church anymore. We began as a Spanish church. Now as a multicultural church, we got 50 nations, and we got all the nations, all races, black, white, Spanish, uh, Chinese, Orientals. We got all kinds of people. But but you started so many other congregations, and you have so many that have started, and they're doing the same thing you're doing, and they're getting gigantic too. I mean, isn't that the way Christianity was supposed to be? Yes. Yes. As a matter of fact, most of most of my ninety-five percent of the churches, we got churches in thirty countries. Wow. Uh, not only Spanish countries, but we got in in Europe. We got in different countries. And and most of 95 of my, my churches are uh, the largest in the city or the largest in the, in, the, um, in, the, uh, in the countries. For example, one of my sons, he's a doctor, and uh, he, um, he graduated in Spain, and he got the church in Dominican Republic. Four years ago, he came to me, and then he said, uh, Pastor, can you uh, help me because I'm, I'm struggling here? I got 40 members four years ago. Now, after four years ago, his church went from 40 members to 4,000 members. And you asked me, Sid, what's the key, the supernatural? What's the key, deliverance? What's the key, signs of miracles? What's the key, the gifts of the Spirit? Well, well, you know, I'm an evangelist. And as far as I'm concerned, evangelism without the supernatural is just plain religion. And the world doesn't need more religion. I want Dr. Maldonado to equip you 
to move in the supernatural. He's got a book. The anointing is so strong. I read this on the airplane uh, last weekend, and it literally pops off the page with what he's learned. He did not have a mentor in the supernatural, but he wants to be your mentor in the supernatural. And we're going to include two very special DVDs called how to Walk in the Supernatural Power of God, available for a gift of $35. Call our order-only line, 1-800-447-2697. 1-800-447-2697. You know, uh, in the 40s and 50s, we had evangelists who were raised up, and they became the center of attention, and they didn't realize that everything they did, any other believer could do. And that's what Dr. Maldonado has been taught. It's, you know, he could have his own television show. He could be a mega superstar on on television. But he's, he's more excited of making so many believers become normal. Uh, What is normal? for a, a, a believer in the Messiah, Dr. Maldonado. What would you call normal? Okay, um, let, me, let me put it this way. Uh, normal would be uh, praying for the preaching, teaching, um, open the eyes of the blind, open the ears of the deaf, deaf ears, uh, raising the dead. Um, the, what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 10, and then he said, bring the kingdom. And this is the question. Let me answer you with the question. Is it um, normal, or let me put it this way, is the kingdom, the power, and the glory a theological concept, or is something that we can bring it here and now? And this is the problem, Sid. Most of the Christianity that we have today, we, we have a historical and the future Jesus, Messiah, but we don't have it now. Can we bring a Jesus into the now? And how in the world can you reach someone from another religion, such as Jewish people, such as Muslims, such as Hindus, without having the supernatural? It's almost like being a boxer and having one arm tied behind your back. Yeah, it it is impossible because if you remove the supernatural from Christianity, it will become another religion. Uh, why do so many people believe that God had the supernatural when Jesus came, but it's died off with the apostles? Why do they believe that? Well, there's so many things. There's so many. For example, um, I can give you, I'm graduated in Oral Rubber University, and I could tell you the story behind it. I don't have the time now, but let me uh, put it in and, 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 and put it in just 30 seconds. Uh, the German philosophers brought into the Western countries the what I call the synthetic thinking. And that synthetic thinking has to do with this. There's no absolute. And number two, they um, brought the, um, that knowledge is above experience. They brought it into the church that we appreciate more knowledge than the experience. And I believe uh, that's one of the causes whenever you see the Greek philosophy. Philosophy means philosophy, which means love to knowledge. 
So we love knowledge, and I do love knowledge, but any knowledge that you don't practice, that you, know, you don't obey, is not yours. So the church has become, that's one of the causes answering you the question. So, so they have knowledge without the experience. Yes, they have theology without the works. They have revelation without the manifestation. They have uh, the preaching without the demonstration. There's three phases in how to advance the kingdom. Uh, proclamation without manifestation. Proclamation with demonstration. And proclamation by force. In other words, the first mo- the majority of the Christian church had park, has uh, been in, in, in proclamation without manifestation. As soon as long as we see a nice preaching, we are satisfied with it. But Jesus, in reality, is raising a new generation with hunger and thirst for God to seek for God and to demonstrate the power of God. People, young people, let me, let me speak to you, Sid, about this. Most of the young people today in America, they're not satisfied with technology. Praise God for technology. They're not satisfied with uh, race cars and, and computers and, and, and many things and education. All those things are great. Let's, let's, I push my young people to, to go and be educated. But let me tell you, though, they're, they're hungry for the supernatural. Those material things will not satisfy the heart of a new generation crying out because we were created to walk in the supernatural. In the beginning, God created the heaven and earth, and God created heaven in, the, in his image, in his image, like God is physical outside in his likeness, like in, in a God. And then he said, and he gave him dominion. We have that instinct in, inside of us to move in the power. Let me ask you, why is it that when Peter said, Lord, I want to walk in the water, when Jesus was walking in the water, Peter said, Lord, I want to walk in the water. Did you notice, Sid, that Jesus never said, who do you think you are, Peter? Oh, I am the Messiah. You, you can't do that. I am the great one. He said, Peter, come. Why? And why Jesus didn't say anything? Why Jesus did, did not suppress Peter? Because we were created. There's an instant inside of us to move in the power to move in the supernatural and this generation is not satisfied with technology education they're going to go beyond that they want to demonstrate like i i have trained thousands and thousands of young people they take in hospitals in mexico and dominican republic and uruguay they go into the streets uh blind eyes deaf ears people in wheelchairs in the middle of the street, they come into Jesus, running into Jesus, because people are tired of religion. They want the supernatural. Well, you, you know what? I believe the most explosive churches in the United States are what are called seeker-sensitive. They're designed to not offend the non-believer, and they're growing so marvelously, and They have wonderful programs for children and for teenagers, and people are very satisfied with them. But there's a problem. This generation is going to be the most lost generation in the history of the United States. And I believe there is such a supernatural spiritual hunger in young people that if it's not satisfied with the supernatural knowledge of God— 
it will be satisfied with the counterfeit of the supernatural power of the devil. And it's a battle. And we need men and women to stand up and say every word of God is true. And when Jesus says you'll do the same things that I have done and even greater, that is true and not settle for anything less than that. Okay, Sid, I think you touched something that I can, um, I'd be hours talking about, two things. The church has been uh, satisfied with replacements, substitutes, for example. Theology replaced revelation. What's the difference? Theology is the study of God by the reason. Revelation is the knowledge, immediate, instant knowledge of God that does not come by the senses, but it comes to directly from the Holy Spirit to our spirit. So, but we have to do theology by revelation. Two, uh, good administrators has re, have, have replaced apostles and prophets. Three, um, they, the uh, entertainment has replaced power. We entertain people because we want to keep the people in church, but we have replaced power. And let me tell you this, the church, one of the greatest replacements now is that the church has replaced Israel. And the church is the church, Israel is Israel. So one of the greatest replacements, the Bible talks about the church and about Israel. And, 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 and the church want, wanted to take this wrong theology, trying to say, with the church, Israel doesn't exist anymore. God doesn't want, hey, hey, wait, wait, that's not what the Bible says. There's promises for Israel. There's promises for the church. And that's one of the greater replacements. And, and I can give you a 12 replacements of how the supernatural has been replaced in church. Bore, and, and we have become satisfied. And listen to this. The, the message of the cross has been replaced by motivational messages. When we see that, it takes me to two things, Sid. Number one, when I got saved, I went to a church for nine years. And this church that I used to grow in, they, they did believe in the supernatural. They believe in healing, but they didn't pray for the people. So they knew it in theory, the pastor that I used to go, they knew it in theory, but he never prayed for the people. I ne I, yes, I saw one people healed maybe once a year, and I didn't see it constantly. And I never, and he was a good man. He was a holy man. And I didn't understand why. I say, Lord, why, why, why? And, but I was under submission. I didn't never wanted to say anything against the pastor. So when I left, I said, God, why? This is a holy man. And I don't see the supernatural in it. I don't see miracles. I don't see wonders. Even though he said he's believed it. And the Lord taught me something, said that if I don't speak anything else in this program, this is the best that you can get. Uh, he said, character. He said, grieving the spirit has to do with character. And then he said, quenching the spirit has to do with power. And I said, what do you mean, Lord? He said, when the Bible says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. And it gives you the list of, of sins that grieve the Holy Spirit. And he said, don't curse, don't steal, don't lie, don't be bitter. And it gives you a list of things that grieve the Holy Spirit. So that is 
character. Character has to do with grieving the Holy Spirit. That man did not grieve the Holy Spirit. He was a very uh, nice man. He was very holy with his family, finances. And, but quenching the word quenched in the Greek means cut off the flow. The quench means to turn off the, the, the fire. Yeah, you know what? We're out of time. I'd like to use a different word. You control the Holy Spirit unintentionally. Uh, Dr. Maldonado, your greatest heart's desire is to see people do more than you do. Am I right? Yes. As a matter of fact, Sid, um, I have trained, um, and I will use the word right, um, not hundreds, but thousands of people in more than 50 countries of the world um, in the supernatural. Let me put it this way in a very simple words. I have gone into a place or People got one of my books. Did you know that people has raised the dead just watching one of my videos? I didn't know that, but I want you to tell me one dead person that you prayed for that came back to life. Well, there was this, uh, with one of my pastors, um, he got a heart attack. Uh, he was in Ecuador and, and in Peru, and he got a massive heart attack. Um, he died. Um, he was at the, they took him into the hospital, and the hospital said, well, he uh, is completely dead, so we, we can do nothing. They cover it with the sheets, and um, he's he dead. But his wife, uh, you know, said, well, my pastor had taught me and how to believe. And then he said, I was ministering in here in, in, um, in uh, as a matter of fact, I was in Dallas. And I was, I was ministering in a peloton, uh, Spanish and Lasset peloton. And, and God said to me, there's someone that is dead now. And, and I declared the word by the word of knowledge. And I said, God is raising you up now. He had been dead for like two, three hours. And then he said, the Lord is now um, uh, raising you from the dead. I declare the word. And the moment I declare it, the man got, got back to life. Now, that was one of the cases, but let me tell you what happened in South Africa. That's one of the races from the dead. I was in South Africa. I was in television, and more than 20 million people watching live. And the Lord said to me, um, he said, one of the nights, I was for eight days of glory. And the Lord said, one of the nights, I want you to release my, my resurrection power over the airwaves. So I said, I will release the airwaves. So, so with one of the nights, uh, the Lord said to me, now is the moment. Release it. And I said, I release the power of the resurrection. And, and well, in the meeting, there was no any person dead. But you just, I, I just declare it. And I said, I release the resurrection power. When I released the power at 9 p.m., there was a man that had been dead for 23 hours. And he was in the, in the refrigerator. He was in the freezing. I mean, he was there, dead, for 23 hours. All the people, dead people there, when I declared it, two blocks from where I was, I was ministering, uh, this man came back to life, and he started screaming inside the morgue, saying, My God, my God, get me out of here. This place is too cold. This place is too cold. And the security starts screaming. And saying, what happened? What happened? He got back to life. So the man testified. It was the same time that I declared. 
It was the same moment. The power of the resurrection of the men has been dead for 23 hours. But what is more exciting to me than that is that people that you train or read your book or listen to your DVDs are doing the same thing. That excites me even more. Well, let me, let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. Uh, I just came back from Uruguay, and this guy uh, is, is one of the guys that he, I don't even know him. He doesn't even know me. He got one of my videos. And I teach there. I train the people. I said, well, these are the ingredients to raise the dead. And, and, and then the, this is what he said. He said he watched the video for 14 times, 14 times. And then he said, my uncle died at the hospital. And they call him because he was the only family members that he had in, 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 in Uruguay, Montevideo. And then he said, um, the hospital called him and said, listen, your uncle is dead. So we want you to come. We will disconnect him from the machines because he's, he's dead. And he said, please don't. I'm going over there. He said, well, you either come or don't. We're going to disconnect him because he's dead. So they, they declare him dead. They signed the papers that he was dead. So one of this guy that watched my video went into the hospital. We're talking about 12 hours later. So he went into the hospital. And he said, I will do exactly what Apostle Maldonado uh, had preached and said in the video. He said, I commanded the spirit of death to come out. And then he said, the moment I command the spirit of death, the man opened his eyes. And all the machines went crazy. And the doctors came and they said, this is a miracle. Because we satisfied, we signed the papers, this man was dead. You know, I was reading in some of uh, your literature, uh, you have unusual faith for people that are deaf. And uh, you've actually prayed for people where they had no auditory canal, no eardrum, and they could hear? Tell me one case. Okay. Um, for example, um, uh, there's some things, uh, there, there's something, uh, for example, um, the you ask me what's the one of the greatest miracles that I have seen. Um, I have seen that what you just mentioned, but the things that have impacted me the most. One, just to mention one. Um, I was ministering in Argentina, and and I saw this guy coming into the stage, and it was like a pigeon, very small uh, man. He he looked like old but young at the same time. But he was very short. I mean, very short. Maybe, I don't know, very short. And suddenly, the gift of faith come upon me. And I, as a matter of fact, it was more the presence than the gift of faith. But I, it was a gift, the faith of God operated anyway. And, and I said, in the name of Jesus, I declare you will grow in the next three days. And I didn't know anything about the man. He was crippled. He was in a wheelchair, but I saw him very small, very, very small. So I didn't know that this man had a sickness is one in a million that you don't grow physically. And, and, it, and, it, and you grow to the sides, but you don't grow in, 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 in height. So he was, he, had, he was 20 years old, and he had the height of a of a eight years old. Mm. So this sickness is very weird sickness, and I didn't know. And this sickness will cripple you, cripple you 
completely to the point that you die. And when I declared, and I said, you will grow, I didn't know what happened. He got up from the wheelchair and went back to the, to the hotel, and he measured himself. And then he said, Pastor, the next day, as I'm, so I'm telling you now, I feel the presence of God. He said, the next day, I grew three inches. Hmm. And the next day, I grew another three inches. And did you know, still now, that man is growing. Did you know that he has to buy a brand new cloth because all the pants, all the shirts, now they're too short. Well, yeah, you know, there are a lot of people that aren't quite relating to what you just shared, but they'd love to lose weight. Have you actually seen people lose weight? One of, my, one of the pastors in the city lost 10 sizes, 60 pounds. In, third, in three days. Well, that's better than any diet I've ever heard on an infomercial on television. Well, yeah, he's 60 pounds. How, how about hair? Have you seen hair be yeah, restored? I, I've seen people, uh, as a matter of fact, one of the day, these days I saw, uh, I told the people, because one day the Lord said, uh, my presence is here. The presence of God was there. And I said, uh, hair is growing on people, and people started growing hair. And I made, you know, I call out testimonies uh, the next, you know, month and that. And I said, well, I want you to come here, all the people that, that your hair grew. And I got maybe three, five. In that particular service, we got three services on Sunday. But that service, we got a bunch of people saying, Pastor, I want you to see my driver's license before. And I want you to see now. And I said, what is this? You see him bold in one, in one picture and the other picture, they're full of hair. You know something? Uh, there, there is, when Jesus said all things are possible to those who believe, he literally meant that, didn't he? Of course. But, you know, the thing is, the, the, the anointing and faith work together. Wherever faith is exercised, the anointing will be attracted into the people that you exercise in faith. Uh, yeah, you know, Mark, uh, Dr. Maldonado, I can't. I myself can't get enough teaching of the revelation of the supernatural of God. And your teach I mean, God spoke to you recently, and he said it's time to get violent with sickness and with poverty. And I believe that anyone that reads your book, How to Walk in the Supernatural, and listens your, to your two DVDs, is going to start walking in the supernatural, available for a gift of $35. Call our order-only line, 1-800-447-2697, 1-800-447-2697. You were saying the other day, uh, Dr. Maldonado, is uh, we've got a generation that is not gonna, going to be satisfied with seeker-sensitive, with positive thinking, with good teaching. Uh, they they want to see the works. And we've got a generation that is probably the most, uh, th this new generation being raised up is the most unchurched, the most unchristian. Unfortunately, uh, President Obama said the United States of America is no longer a Christian nation, and unfortunately, that is true. But you know what? You can say the glass is half empty or half full. I say this generation is going to the, be the most real Christian in the history of the world. What do you say? 
I believe it. Um, I believe that, um, Sid, um, I am so uh, passionate for the supernatural. And as I told you in the beginning, we cannot define God outside of being supernatural. Um, if any person are listening to me saying, what do you mean supernatural? There are two sources of the supernatural, demonic supernatural and godly supernatural. And uh, the only source of godly supernatural is the cross, when we preach the cross. But most of these secret-friendly churches have lost the preaching of the cross. And because of, the, of that, we have seen, we have changed the message of the cross with the motivational messages, which is good. I'm not saying it's bad. Motivational message is good to inspire uh, people, but well, I think motivational messages are great if you don't have the supernatural. But if you have the supernatural, you don't need a motivational message. <laughs> yes, that's what I believe. But I'm saying, you know, I think the right message is the message of the cross. When we preach about the, the cross, the... I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to interrupt you right now. Uh, and I'm going to say that I believe God wants you to preach what in your heart right now is the message of the cross. Would you do that? Okay, uh, I believe the message of the cross, um, when we're talking about the message of the cross, let's go back to, let's go back to the book of the Galatians, chapter 3, verse 1. Um, and Paul said to them, Who bewitched you, Galatians? And uh, what does that mean, who bewitched you? He said, you began in the Spirit. He said, we saw signs and wonders and miracles in, in, in the Galatian church. And what happened? He said, you replaced. In other words, the, the replacement of the message of the cross was legalism, which many churches in America are full of, legalism. And number two, he said, witchcraft. What is witchcraft? Witchcraft is, um, uh, is a trying to replace, is something that, that, that trying to dominate, control, um, uh, and, 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 and putting aside the message of the cross. What is the message of the cross? If we, put it, if we put it this way, message of the cross, in the cross, God provided any emotional, spiritual, physical provision for every human being. In the cross, in the cross, listen to this, in the cross, Jesus Christ administered a uh, irrevocable, eternal, permanent uh, defeat to Satan. You cannot confront the darkness. You cannot confront evil in this uh, age without uh, outside of the cross, because the moment you confront the devil, Outside of the cross, the devil will defeat you. So the message of the cross is when Paul said, I didn't come to you in persuasive words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the power of God, and I preach Jesus in this crucified. Why? Because when he went to Greece, when he went to Athens, he went into the philosophy when, where he wanted to adapt his message into the message of the, of the Greek, Greek, people from Greece. So... He adapted his message into those people, so he did not for two years. History tells us that for two years he was there, and he did not sit. He did not plant one single church because he went with persuasive, nice words, trying to adapt his message. But he, when he came to court, something happened. 
when he came to the Corinthians. He said, Corinthians, listen, I don't want to know anything else because I went to Greek. I went, I went to the Greeks and nothing happened. And he said, I just want to know the message of the cross, he said, is for people, for outsiders, for the world, for the people that don't understand the supernatural, with people that don't understand the scriptures, where they don't understand God. He said, the message of the cross is foolishness. But for us, the message of the cross is the power of God. Every time we got revelation of the cross, every time we release the message of the cross, we will release the power of God. That's the reason in our ministry we have seen, not only mine, and, 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 and I've seen hundreds and thousands of people that watching the video, that reading my book, have applied it, and they work, and they start seeing the blind eyes see. They've seen hundreds of people being saved, being delivered, when we preach the message of the cross. In essence, we can say is the only, the basis to confront Satan, the basis of provision for any need of a human being is in the cross. Explain what you mean by the cross. The cross, I'm not saying the, the wooden, the wooden uh, piece of metal that you hang on your neck. Uh, the cross is the work of Jesus Christ in the cross. That's what I'm referring to, which is uh, it, when Jesus said, it is finished. In other words, what he did in the cross, the revelation of everything, of what Jesus did in the cross. I'm not referring to the cross. When I'm saying the cross, I'm not saying to the piece of, of metal that you hang in your neck. I'm referring to the work, the perfect, finished work of Jesus Christ, his dead and the resurrection uh, what brought us into redemption. That's what I'm referring to the cross. Okay. What was accomplished when Jesus died and rose from the dead? Oh, that is, is incredible. Uh, Sid, if we got into that, let me put it this way. Sid, the first thing that happened was what I call an exchange. What do you mean an exchange? Jesus took, if there are people hearing me now, this is what I want you to hear very carefully. Jesus took your sin for you to be forgiven. It was an exchange. It was a divine exchange. Jesus took your curse for you to be healed. I feel the presence of God if I'm saying it to the people. Jesus took your sickness for you to be healed. What are you doing sick if he paid for it? That was a divine exchange. He Bored your sicknesses and diseases. In other words, Sid, this is one of the biggest mistakes in the Christian church today. We believe healing is a gift. If somebody is gifted to pray for me, oh, and then I will be healed. Listen, healing is more than just a gift. Healing is the right, is your right, because Jesus Paid in the cross is beyond a human gift or, or somebody else's gift is your right to be healed because Jesus took your sickness for you to be healed. Jesus took your poverty for you to prosper. Jesus, listen, Jesus took your shame to give you his glory. In other words, we are carriers of the presence. We are carriers of the glory of God. Jesus made us... Um, 
gave us access to be in his presence. Jesus gave us that access to be in his presence. So what took place on the cross? That divine exchange. So I'm speaking to you that you're listening to me now. Uh, if you're sick in your body, you receive your healing. If you are in a curse, for example, in my own life, my grandfather died of a heart attack. My father died of a heart attack. When he came to me, I had the revelation that Jesus, not in theory only, because there are many people now carrying curses of their parents, and, and they said, well, it's genetic. Well, I don't care what the doctor said, but Jesus said he bore, he took, he suffered my, my, my curse for me to be healed. And I say, no, no. When I felt the pain in my chest, I say, no, devil, you're a liar. I rebuke, I renounce to every curse in my life, and I commend my heart to be completely healed and perfect heart. Well, then we're talking about seven, ten years ago, and my heart is perfect seed. Said when my father died, when my grandfather grandfather died of a heart attack. I was, it came to me, being Christian, being a minister, but I knew that Jesus carried, Jesus took my curse for me to be healed. So what are you doing uh, carrying a curse? Pastor, I'm, I'm, I got diabetes because my father had it, and, and, I, and I must have it. Well, that's the fact, but truth is beyond facts. Facts are changing every moment. Truth never changes. And the truth says that Jesus took my sickness and my diseases. And I pray for those people that are hearing now. And I release the healing power over you that are hearing uh, right now. The healing power over every disease, diabetes, blindness, deafness now in Jesus' name. Any curse in your life. If you see any curse that has been down from generation to generation, depression. I feel there are people that are hearing with depression, and they say, my grandma had depression, suffered depression, so I must suffer it too. No, refuse it. No, in Jesus' name. He took your sickness. He took your, he bore, he carried, he suffered your, your curses for you to receive the blessings in Jesus' name. Receive Receive it now, wherever you are, in your car driving. And, and that's what you teach now. Now is the moment. Dr. Maldonado, you feel what I feel right now? Yes, as a matter of fact, uh, the presence of God doesn't have any um, uh, time, space, and matter. It's just um, when we start revealing His presence, God manifests. In other words, have you, have you, have you heard that saying, uh, Sid, what people said, God is everywhere. And that's why any church you go to, God is everywhere. No, no, that is half truth. God is only in two places, where he's revealed and where he's worshipped in spirit and in truth. Uh, do you worship God uh, a lot? Yes. As a matter of fact, uh, let me uh, tell you, um, when in my period of time, in the Old Testament, in the tabernacle, and the the uh, in the temple, and even in the tabernacle of David, um, no one came into the presence of God without two things: without blood and without worship. And in the New Testament, we don't need uh, you know any sacrifice per se, because Jesus is our sacrifice. He gets us into immediate presence of God. But He said in the uh, Abba Father prayer. He said he opened the Abba prayer saying this, uh, Father that is in heaven, 
and then hallowed, honored, worshipped be your name. In other words, we start worshiping God. And sometimes it takes me uh, an hour. Sometimes it, it takes me two hours just worshiping God. Because Now, when you worship God, I'm, I'm kind of, I have this practical side. When you worship God, do you play a CD? What, what's normal for you? Okay, let me, let me give you, I'm very practical too. Uh, even though I'm, I'm, you know, I'm graduated from a theological school, and but I believe in and being practical. I believe that any revelation that you have, if you don't practice, if you don't uh, know how to practice, I, I will discard it. I would discard, disregard it because I, I don't, you know. How do you do it? Well, I do have a music, uh, instrumental or worship music that helped me to uh, prepare the atmosphere. Let me put it this way, uh, Sid. Um, uh, there are three things about the presence, and then I want to get into uh, what happened to Adam when he was created. Uh, uh, what I call environment and atmosphere. The environment is the place where you were born. Uh, atmosphere is the place, uh, atmosphere, you can create atmospheres. In other words, if you go to a place, Sid, where the minds of the people, especially intellectual people, that's one of the hardest uh, things to penetrate, the intellectual people. Um, uh, how would you like to address an engineer's conference? <laughs> oh, yes. You know what I mean. I, I understand what you're saying. So, so what do you do is you create an atmosphere. How do you create it? Through worship. And, and you ask me a question, how you worship? Well, in my own private life, I have my, you know, my music and I start worshiping. So I prayed in my language, in English or Spanish, or, or, and also I pray in tongues. I worship in tongues for hours and hours and hours. So when I go to a place, I bring my own band. And I will tell you why. Because they carry my sound. They know how they've been trained to bring the presence. So I've been in places where the place is so hard, and we start breaking grounds in praise because people confuse praise and worship. Praise affirms the works of God. Worship affirms the presence of God. So we start breaking ground with praise and a strong praise, and then we worship. Sometimes it takes me an hour to work and to create an atmosphere. So, yes, we can create an atmosphere to bring the presence of God. Now, how do you get from praise to worship where the glory of God invades a place? Okay, um, this is what I have learned in my own experience. Praise, praise, and praise until, for example, let me give you a very practical, or let me finish the sentence, the thought. Praise, praise, and praise until the spirit of worship comes. Worship, worship, worship until the present comes. And many people don't want to pay the price, uh, you know, keep worshiping and praising until the present comes. Now, how do you do it, for example? Uh, I start praising God for his works, for his mighty works. You know, Lord, I thank you for the healing, for salvation, and I thank you for this. And I, and I start exalting God uh, praising God for his wonderful works and acts. And then I feel in the atmosphere, you feel it, that you don't get into more uh, praise anymore. That is, 
that spirit, the spirit of worship comes, and then you start worshiping God. Uh, praise is talking about God. Worship is talking to God. So your vocabulary change. In other words, it's not just talking about him and all that. Now, when you come to worship, you start saying, uh, I love you, Jesus. Uh, you're special. And things are coming out from your spirit. Remember, it's the Holy Spirit through you. It's not you in a de- doing an effort to worship. At the beginning in praise, you do bring what I called sacrifice. Because the Bible said bring sacrifice of praise. So when you feel in the atmosphere, when that changes to worship. And then worship, and then comes um, the presence. Now, there are three activities in the holies of holies. When the high priest was in the holies of holies, where uh, two, three activities took place. Praise. And worship. I mean, praise and worship all together. Communion and revelation. Those three things. And in the New Testament, it's the same thing. That is the place where God has spoken to me. For example, I was praising and worshiping God, and I was praising, and suddenly I get into worship, and I got lost in the Spirit. When I got lost in the Spirit, I'm saying, I am completely conscious of God, not of myself. In that moment, um, and I get into worship, communion began. And communion is where God releases his purpose in your heart. And I heard the voice of God, and the Lord said to me, he said, I am, I am angry with the spirit of cancer. He said, because he is destroying my people. And then he said, I'm anointing you with a special anointing to destroy cancer. Since that day, Sid, I have seen hundreds and hundreds of people being healed of cancer. Like right now, if you prayed for people with cancer, would they be healed? Oh, yes. If they believe. The condition is to believe. If they believe, I release it right now. Father, in Jesus' name, because there are people now with cancer, I want you to lay hands on, the, on your body. And when I count to three, the power of God will break the yokes of cancer. And I have found two things operating behind cancer, which is the spirit of death and the spirit of, of sickness together, sickness and death together. When you rebuke those two things, the root and the seed behind it will leave, and the people will be healed. Father, in Jesus' name, I command, when I count to three, the spirit of death come out from those people with cancer. Uh, I want you to lay hands on the radio, whatever you are now, listening to me. Father, in Jesus' name, I command every spirit of cancer, spirit of death, come out. One, two, three, now, in Jesus' name, be healed. And I command every root, I command the root and the seed to die from the root and from the seed. Those people with cancer, be healed, be restored now in Jesus' name. Every spirit of death is gone, and now I release the spirit of the resurrection. Everything that was damaged in your body is completely restored now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm going to tell you something. I, my faith just grew so much when I read your book, How to Walk in the Supernatural. It it wasn't, you know, the content was important. But I mean, there was, there, has anyone told you there is an anointing on your teaching? Of course, uh, Sid, for example, um, there's this man, uh, he's one of the pastors from Miami. They gave him 
five years to live. He had six sicknesses. And he, her daughter comes in our church. And her daughter gave my book to him. And then he said, he started reading it. When he got to chapter 5 about faith, that faith is now, he said, well, I receive it. And then he said, this is the God that I, I, I have been seeking for, a God of the supernatural, God of miracle, and I believe for my healing. That instant, he went back to the doctor three days later, completely healed. Five years to live, he's completely healed now. And, and the exciting thing is that you don't need Dr. Maldonado to pray for you. You need to learn for yourself that you have the greatest person in the world inside of you, Jesus himself. And I'm telling you, the anointing will make this clearer than you've ever had it in your life. The two DVDs and the book, How to Walk in the Supernatural, available for a gift of $35, Shabbat broadcast. I want to pray over you. The Lord has blessed you. The Lord has kept you. The Lord has smiled upon you. The Lord has gifted you. The Lord has surrounded you with his favor. In the name of the Sar Shalom, the Prince of Peace, Yeshua HaMashiach Tzikenu, Jesus the Messiah. Our righteousness. Yivarecha Kadunai Vehishmarecha Yeradunai Panavelecha Vihunecha Yisaduna To hear this week's interview in its entirety, or to watch archives of our television show, It's Supernatural, visit our website at www.sidroth.org. That's www.sidroth.org. To receive a complimentary copy of our bi-monthly teaching newsletter, materials catalog, or information about becoming Mishpacha or Chalitzim, write to me, Sid Roth, Post Office Box 1918, Brunswick, Georgia, 31521, or call our order-only line, 1-800-447-2697. To place a credit card order, call anytime, one 800 447-2697. For all other calls, the number is 912-265-2500. That's 912-265-2500. For a CD of this week's broadcast, send a donation of $10 or more to Sid Roth. That's S-I-D-R-O-T-H, Post Office Box 1918, Brunswick, Georgia, 31521.